Hey, this is Sherry Harmel. And before we get into the show, I want to invite you to join the VIP waitlist for my new book, Designing Your Fabulous Next Chapter. Just like the show, this workbook and journal will help you overcome the challenges on your journey to finding your joie de vivre. Go to www.extraordinarywomenmagazine.com to sign up now. Welcome to the Extraordinary Women Show, and I'm Sherry Harmel. This is a place where we talk about topics relevant to women who are 50 plus and striving to create their own fabulous next chapters. Well, I fell in love with Paris in 2011. And although the honeymoon phase of my love affair is past, I still feel more myself in Paris than anywhere else in the world. But ladies, Paris isn't easy. First, there's a language issue. I don't speak French. Trying to learn my first foreign language decades past normal schooling days has been hard. It has been so hard. I've signed up for one group class after another, but in every class, as soon as I have to speak or react to a question from the teacher, I go into panic mode. I'm like the deer in the headlights. My language issue is driving me nuts. Never have I had such blocks with learning. School has usually been fun and rather easy for me. So this challenge of learning French is especially frustrating for me. I miss, you know, Latin in Catholic schools because I was too young and I was too old to have a foreign language incorporated in my business degree. I So, you know, honestly, I had never been exposed to a foreign language. I lived in the center of the United States. And frankly, I, I really did not learn the mechanics of my own language all that well. Now, I can reasonably read French, but I can't speak French, nor can I understand what is spoken. And... I have to say, it is unbelievably frustrating. I keep trying, though. I buy the books. I sign up for classes. I buy French magazines and newspapers. I keep on trying because it's something I still want to be able to do in my life. And I've learned from my Paris adventure or love affair, however you want to put it, that when something is hard, we have to decide at some point, if the goal is something we still really want. And if the answer is yes, we have to keep on. Keep on doing. Sometimes, though, we give up too soon. Why is that? Well, when something is hard, our brain becomes frustrated and struggles to find solutions. Our brains don't like uncertainty or discomfort, and it, our brains will actually seek comfort. First and foremost, even if it's something that's not good for us, that is when you hear your inner voice start to talk to you and say things like, oh gosh, this is too hard. Forget about it, girl. Then instead of pushing through it, we often, I do this, go off and try to gather the opinions of others. But those opinions that I try to gather are mostly those who agree with me when my comfort seeking brain. So we look for affirmations to give up whatever it is that we're thinking about giving up on. There is absolutely nothing like the consensus of others to convince us that something is too hard, too uncomfortable. But before you give up, 
whatever it is that you're working through, I want you to ask yourself if you're really and truly ready to move on. Ask those hard questions. Am I wanting to give this up just because it's hard? Or is this something that I really do not care about any longer in my life? I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't feel connected to it. And I'm, I can comfortably walk away from it. Hard questions. And the best way to answer those questions is you have to get quiet. You have to get comfortable with talking to yourself. Um, I just had a conversation with a good friend about this yesterday, and it's an old therapy, actually a therapy tactic or tool, which is to dialogue with yourself, if, if you want to call it that. Think of, in this case, fear. Let's say the woman I was speaking with, a friend I was speaking with, was talking about how she was afraid. It's fear that was the driving emotion. So put fear on the chair next to you and have a dialogue with fear. Argue with fear. See how that feels. And I say that because the answers, the answer whether or not you want to stop or go forward is inside of you. It's not out there. It's there's nobody out there that's got that knows you and knows what you want and knows what you will be upset for giving up or or happy to move on better than you. You know the answers. And so get quiet enough to let yourself have that conversation with the emotion that keeps coming up. For instance, you know, if, if it's not fear, is this just too hard? Is this taking too much time? Is this something I really want? Is it going to change my lifestyle? And, and what might my life look like if I give that up, whatever that might be? I had to ask myself whether I would be okay if I admitted that I can't learn French. Will I be disappointed in myself? Sometimes self-disappointment is a driving emotion. And it can be tied to something else deeper, even external affirmations or family expectations. I had to ask myself, can I accept that limiting my French friends to only those who also speak English? Um, is that okay? These are all the questions I had to ask myself when I was really seriously contemplating giving up. I want you to do the same. Whatever it is that's stopping you, have that dialogue. Living in France has also taught me to embrace another challenge, and that challenge is asking for help. Now, I just have to briefly share a couple of examples. Apartment issues come up no matter where we are, right? Well, I have this washing machine that was like having a person in my life that I didn't know if they were going to talk to me or ghost me. I put my clothes into the machine, everything was marching along, and then the machine would stop. But it remained locked, sometimes for hours. And then mysteriously, the door would suddenly unlock so I could get my wet clothes out of the washing machine. I had a problem in the bathroom. The lights over my bathtub blew out. Honestly, I got up on this ladder. I couldn't even figure out how to take the light bulbs out. I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this. And I'm reasonably handy. So what did I do? First, I go to my concierge in Paris. Just so you know, 
uh, many buildings still have a concierge who lives in the building, typically on the ground floor. They often have windows that open up right to the street. And in the old days, not that long ago, they actually would have conversations with people. They would open the windows and, you know, whoever was in the neighborhood, other concierge or guardians, as they're called in France, um, would stop by and say hello. So it'd be like a little chat chat room, so to speak. Um, but your concierge in a Paris apartment building takes care of the common areas, but they also will help you if there's any kind of mechanical issues. So what did I do? I go to my concierge, Angelina, fantastic, um, but does not speak English. So she got her husband and they changed the light bulbs that were over the bathtub, and uh, but nothing happened. It, something was seriously wrong and therefore an electrician had to get called. So it's a perfect example of me saying to myself, this is beyond my skill level. I can't figure it out. I can't Google and find answers. I, I don't know how to do this. And it is going to, not only is there a language issue, but there's also kind of a mechanical issue. So I actually had to hire someone another friend of mine who happens to be bilingual um, to actually arrange for the electrician to come, for the washing machine to get fixed, all of that. I had to ask for help. Now, that's my house stuff. But it can also be things like social media. I'm not very tech savvy. I know how to do Zoom. I know how to do Vimeo. I know how to do webinars, I know how to do those kinds of things, but I do not know how to do graphic design. So I had to hire someone to do my social media as an example. Um, you know, even things like sending out emails to a, a large group and maintaining your email list, things like that um, might be something that you are struggling with if you're trying to get a business off the ground that you actually have to have some of those particular skills, hire someone, ask for help. You know, we do it in many other areas of our lives. We do it if we want to get in shape, we often hire a personal trainer because we know we need that accountability. The same thing for, I think, starting a business. You need mastermind groups. You need somebody who, who you have to be accountable to but also figure out what is taking up so much of your time that is not contributing to what it is that you want to do or create. Maybe you live in a very big house that's very difficult for you to keep up with, as an example, and you want to draw, you want to paint, you want to uh, sculpt, whatever it might be. You want to garden. Uh, you might need to hire someone to clean your house and take care of your house so that you have the time to create what it is that you actually want to create in this next chapter. Are you ready to design, create, and live your fabulous next chapter? Continue the conversation with your free subscription to Extraordinary Women magazine. Sign up now at www.extraordinarywomenmagazine.com. You get quarterly issues of our gorgeous, entertaining and educational magazine with articles from women who are experts in travel, fashion, food, lifestyle, business and more. You'll also have opportunities to gain community, 
and share conversations, plus weekly blogs and bonus content sent straight to your inbox. Live your fabulous next chapter. Subscribe for free at www.extraordinarywomenmagazine.com. Now, I have to say, you know, women like me and like you probably in the past thought that asking for help was actually a weakness. You've probably run homes, you've run businesses, you've raised kids, you've arranged trips for years, if not decades. And so you have this mindset that I can figure this out, I can do this. And that gets morphed into, I should be able to do this. And I want you to flip that. I want you to think about how to ask for help and where do you need to ask for help so that you can create that fabulous next chapter. And just a side note, that is exactly what the EW School of Joie de Vie is all about. I've launched it uh, recently. It's for it's a monthly program, so you can hop in and out as you need to. Um, but it's for women 50 plus who want to create an extraordinary next chapter, but they want more support. They want more resources. They want more inspiration. And most important, they want community. If that sounds like you, check it out. It's fantastic. Living in Paris, though, and it's a great segue, also taught me to value building community. You know, when I first made the decision to split my time between Paris and Boston, I had a very good friend who lived full time in Paris. That friendship ended. And for the next couple of long days, I was lonely, really lonely. I realized that I had relied on this friend as my Paris community way too much. It was fun. I enjoyed spending time with her. I hadn't, though, built up a broad base of connections in Paris. Well, that experience when the friendship ended was a huge wake up call. I'm an introvert. I'm a deep sea diver. I like deep relationships. I'm not very good at chit chat. So I had to force myself to get out, get dressed up, put on a smile and meet all sorts of people that I didn't know. Now it's hard, yes, but you know what? The benefit is incredible. Community is so important in our next chapter. I joined um, and went to lunches at the American Club in Paris. The American Club in Paris is a wonderful organization. And even though it's called the American Club, it's probably only when I've gone to all the events, I would say at the most one third American, the rest are French people or other Europeans. And it, it's wonderful, fantastic speakers that they bring in really to get connected to what's going on in the environment of Europe to a great extent. I also joined a book club at the American Library in Paris. Again, a real cross-section of people from different countries, which is wonderful. I also joined a book club that was run by an expat who has created an amazing brand and the book club is part of her brand. And I joined a couple of other organizations, but they didn't actually work. They really weren't, they, it wasn't a group that I was connected to. It, it just didn't make sense. So be okay 
with trying out multiple things, multiple activities, multiple organizations, and, and, and then choose the organizations that you feel most comfortable with and that maybe you've made some really good friends through. We make friends throughout our lives with people who have similar experiences. You know, in college, we had college friends. Then when we had children, if you had children, you met other parents who had children the same ages as yours and you met them on the soccer field or at music concerts. And at work, you met work buddies, I call it. But when you reach a certain age, those typical common interests disappear. Why? Because making friends during this chapter of our lives is not so easy because we don't have those natural connections and we have to try to find other people who like some of the same things we do. They don't have to like everything we like, but you share some commonality. Now, if you're a woman who's really focused on creating a fabulous next chapter, I have to tell you, you will very quickly find that not every woman over 50 feels the same way. So you have to go out and find your peeps. Loneliness is at an all-time high. Everyone is writing about loneliness. I think part of the reason that it's so prevalent today is this working from home phenomenon. And COVID really reinforced it to a great extent. We all got comfortable not leaving our homes, not dressing up, hanging out in slippers all day. We need to be around people. We need to get out of our homes. And that's something else for you to think about as you plan out your next chapter is if you work from home, if your studio is in your backyard, as an example, what are you going to do to leave the home? Where are you going to meet people who have interests that are different, that maybe some similarities, but different interests? It's all a mix, it's all great, but we need to be around people. And that's true whether you're living in Paris, Boston, or you're in a little rural town in Missouri. Look for people who nourishes all the different parts and interests of yourself. Just as you used to have friends you made through your kids' activities or through work, now you have to find friends through some of your interest areas. So ask yourself, what is it I'm interested in? That's a place to start rather than saying I'm having trouble meeting people. What do you want to learn more about? Do you want to learn to play a sport like pickleball? Everyone in America is playing pickleball. Do you want to become a garden tour guide? Do you want to go to seminars on finance, estate planning, whatever it might be? Do you want to take art classes? Do you want to learn to dance? Sign up for events, for classes, for talks, and then evaluate. Do I want to go back? Did I meet anybody are those, that are what I call my peeps? That is how you find people to hang out with. And that's how you build community. And don't forget that Extraordinary Women School of Joie de Vie. Again, don't give up. Some of your tries will be fantastic. Some will be so-so. And some will be completely flat. Never again kind of answer. So look at it like an experiment. I also learned my lesson in Paris of relying too much on one person. And no matter how fun that person is, if the friendship ends for whatever reason, you will have to start again. So 
So learn from my mistakes. Have a broad base of connections across all your interests. Last, Paris taught me to rethink the challenges of solo travel. When I first moved to Paris, I thought, great, I'll catch a train to Amsterdam or Vienna. But traveling totally solo can be a challenge. I remember my first trip to Amsterdam. I had a great time, but it was a lot of days when I really only talked to the restaurant waiters. The Dutch culture is much more direct, much more focused on getting things done than the culture in France and not nearly as warm. So I've learned that a few days is fantastic. An extended trip is not. And you have to be comfortable dining alone. Or trust me, you'll sit in your hotel room and just grab, you know, to-go items rather than treating yourself to a real meal in a nice restaurant. So practice in your own town. You will get comfortable. The more you comfortable you get dining alone, the more times, you, you know, you'll actually do it. And then when you travel, it'll be like not a big deal. Getting a train, where to sit, where to go to the bathroom, how much luggage today to take with you, I should say, is all different when you travel solo. But just like the dining out example, everything becomes much, much easier the second time, the third time, the fourth time you do it. So remind yourself, hard things become easier the more you do them. As for travel, I began to check out really good small tours. I started, signed up for one in Alsace, France, for the Christmas markets, loved it, loved the people I traveled with. And then this past spring, I signed up for a garden tour to Provence, loved it even more. I had my private room, my coffee in the morning, my time to journal, but I'm with other people. And I can have conversations where we share about what we saw, what we're noticing, how it's impacting us. I have to also say that your courage will actually expand, whether you are traveling with other people, whether you are in a, you know, traveling via a car, a train, or a new city. Travel actually expands our courage. And I love that because I like to look back and say, girl, you did it. Now you're ready for the next step up. And I know you feel exactly the same way. So I hope you enjoyed me sharing my many challenges that I have learned while living in Paris. And it has taught me, honestly, that much of my joie de vie required that I be a part of a community that I have people around me to share experiences and conversations, ask questions. And even though those challenges might be uncomfortable stretches at first, they will become easier and easier over time. Trust me, just like everything you've ever accomplished, it was hard at first and gradually you became comfortable with whatever it was. And then you're on to your next challenge. That was true, whether it was academics, whether it was a job, whether it was a sport, or, you know, a family life shift, whatever it was. As you got comfortable with it, more confident in it, you were ready for the next challenge. So what is your big challenge? What is your big dream for your next chapter? 
if it scares you and that little voice inside of you is whispering, hmm, that will never happen, or that is going to be really, really hard, then you are on the right track. I want to thank you all for tuning in, and I hope hearing about how living in Paris has taught me to embrace challenges, it allows you to now be ready to tackle and create your own big dreams and goals. And don't forget to subscribe to the Extraordinary Women Show. This is a podcast, but it's both an audio form on whatever platform you choose to listen, but also as video over on YouTube. Follow and do comment because I love hearing your thoughts. And remember, extraordinary women make their next chapter dreams come true. Aviento. Mm.